Sign up for WinBet Sportsbook at wynnbet.com today using promo code BLUEWIRE to get up to $1,000 toward a risk-free sports bet. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, you know, I've been working straight since eight o'clock, and I'm just got home. I haven't had time for dinner. I didn't either. I came right upstairs. Well, aren't aren't you eating something now? No. Well, that's stupid. I had a little cheese. That's fucking dumb. Yeah, it was. No. It was a no. little. No, aren't no. you hungry? Oh, that's being I'm, disciplined. I'm very hungry, and that's why these beers are going to hit me even harder. Oh, so Matt's fired up. I'm fired up. Yeah, for this I'm podcast, hungry. But... What are you guys fired up about? Game week, baby. Undefeated. Oh, game week. Oh. <laughs> the most hopeful time of the year for a Penn State football fan. To, to my good my good friend Bill Kickle, every every opening day for the Cleveland Indians, one hundred and sixty two and zero starts today. <laughs> nice. I love that story. Yeah, except except like fifteen and zero in college football is actually a realistic thing. So, not if you're Penn State. Oh, we'll see. I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised from the Penn State side to see that the speed will pick up this year because it you know actually getting to train with the conditioning coach strength coach and all that that jazz but uh they get decent quarterback play uh, they got a, they got a shot uh not not this is not actually meant to rip on you but like they had it rough last year right like oh yeah yeah they started I mean, did, on five I was gonna say uh, did they win a big 10 game oh yeah uh, did they, they play Nebraska play. Uh yeah, I think they lost okay. Then they won a Big Ten game. Nebraska. No, I, I'm. I don't know it, that it, they they only played Big Ten teams because that was my, all the the COVID my friend stuff. Matt out in out in Cleveland who's a big big Buckeyes fan <laughs> gives me like weekly Scott Frost updates. It's kind of fun. It's very hilarious. Wait, who's, yeah. who's the coach now for uh, for Penn Scott State? Frost? Oh, that's the coach. Oh, that's oh the coach. no, no, no. I thought you were going to say Nebraska. No, Scott. Oh. Yeah, Scott Frost is Nebraska coach, and they're Nebraska a train wreck. coach. Oh, yeah. I actually, you know what, my brief. Uh, my brief time in Nebraska when I lived there, he had like just been hired. Nebraska yeah. people were so fucking excited. Yeah, has, yeah. It not, has it not been good? Oh, oh it's been really, really, really oh, bad. He's, yeah, he's like terrible. a star. He was like a star player for them and shit. He won national championship, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's, and, that's I mean, he, he was successful in in Central Florida, but that's you can recruit wouldn't. in Florida. Can't recruit in Nebraska. I mean, well, you got to re- you got to rely on the on the reputation of the program, right? I mean, they've been they were really good for a long time. They've always been in Nebraska, but they hey, haven't speak, been good. Speaking of recruiting, just a tidbit here because I was looking this up for for Matt the other day, my other friend. Um, Syracuse only has nine players from the state of New York on their roster, I believe. They've got like six from Canada, and they've got nine from New York. And you know, he said, "Well, New York's not a football hotbed." Yeah, but. Go back ten years when they were having some success, like some, and they had like thirty-four players from New York on their roster. So Are they still it's, shitty? Uh, uh, I'm not going to be really bad this year. I, I think they're going to lose to Ohio, not Ohio State, Ohio. Yeah. I think they're going to lose <laughs> to them this weekend. So basically, the last time that they were like any good with any consistency was when we were kids, and it was like Paul Pasqualoni or whatever his name was was the coach. Yeah, consistent. Yeah, I mean they've had yeah. they've had flashes of brilliance. I mean, two right. years ago, Dino went what ten and ten and two or ten and three. Oh, that's yeah. Right. Is yeah. he still the coach or no? Yeah, he's still the coach. But but the kind of the knock on him, and I like him. I thought he was a good coach, and um, I hope he continues to do well. But the knock on him now is he went ten and three with people that he didn't recruit. 
Yeah. Mm. So now with the team that's fully his. So he's not a good recruiter, maybe. Um, and then, oh, well, and it, the guy in charge of recruiting just got hired away by Minnesota. Um, wow. So maybe maybe that's positive. I don't know. And it could it could just be to you know to what we were saying about Nebraska, what we say about Syracuse, a lot of these schools, the populations change, and so if you're just if you're so reliant on in-state recruiting, which a school like Penn State is, and luckily yeah. for me as a fan, Penn State or the the state of Pennsylvania has pretty good football. Uh, all things considered still at the high school level. But if you don't have that and then you're trying to recruit against the Penn States, against the Ohio States, against the Alabamas and the Georgias, like it's, it's a tough, that's why there's only realistically like eight teams every year that can you know, really win a national championship. Well, and yeah, I mean, if you get a, if you're in New York and you're the best high school football player in New York and they get an offer from Ohio state or Penn state and Syracuse, like where do you think you're going? Like, yeah. Yeah, I'd rather ride the bench at Ohio State with a shot at making a you know a bowl game than you know. Well, you'd also have to think if they're getting an offer from Ohio State, they're going to start. If they're if they're in New York and they're getting an offer, like you you're you're a talent that is just beyond being like the best player in New York, ooh, you know, type thing. Like you're you're a level talent there. Right. I'm, I'm trying to think of an example and. Greg Paulus played basketball and my cart started. Got, but Greg Paulus got recruited by all, like a bunch of big, uh, I know. like USC, I think recruited him to like play quarterback and shit. Uh, no, Mike Paulus was recruited by USC. Oh, okay. Was Greg brother. recruited by some big programs? Greg, Greg was recruited by some big programs. But yeah. Okay. And then ended up playing Syracuse that Greg oh, yeah, he did that year. Red transfer. Duke. Yeah. After playing Duke. I mean, but you know, that that's going to happen, you know, regardless, you're going to have players every once in a while, but the consistency aspect, that's what kills Nebraska. I mean, that's why, you know, Nebraska fans can be as mad as they want at Scott Frost, but he can't make people grow out of the cornfield and just like, Oh my God, we, we play football again. We're going to play that smash mouth, uh, triple option, whatever the fuck they used to play back in the mid nineties when they stole that national championship from Penn state. But <laughs> it just is what it is, you know? Yep. Triple option. It was something like that with Frazier running at quarterback. Uh, so anyway, when this all started, you were going to say something about Penn State. Well, I was just going to say game day jersey. Oh, okay. Undefeated. I will wear I will wear a jersey every week from now on until they lose. So that might be next week. <laughs> Who do they play? They play Wisconsin in Wisconsin. Ooh. Is Wisconsin good? <laughs> jump around. Number jump, 12. Jump, jump around. I mean, preseason rankings are dumb because Penn State's right. ranked number 19, and I'm telling you they're better than the, a lot of those teams ahead of them. But Okay. Yeah. What's, what's I mean, the first game, Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, first first college games were this past weekend. There were a couple good ones. Nebraska lost <laughs> to Illinois. At one Jesus. point, it was two to nothing. Then at another point, it was six to two because Nebraska missed an extra point. <laughs> then I think they missed an extra point later on in the game, and they were down eight points. And oh then Ill- Illinois, it was typical Big ugly. Ten. Yeah, typical Big Ten, ugly, nasty football. And it didn't even snow. It was beautiful weather. So, Jesus. Yeah, really, really bad with Nebraska. That's for sure. Well, like you are wearing a New Jersey every week. I'm trying to wear a brewery shirt every week, but I couldn't find a good one, and I may be out, so I'm wearing my Duff shirt instead. Yeah. The old and the Duff I appreciate the Simpsons. Um, for the, from, from the year that I was Duff Man for Halloween. That photo <laughs> exists out there, people. 
You can find it if you want to. Somebody hunt it and put it on our social media. I was a damn good Duff man too. I scoured. I had the, I had the utility belt full of cans of Duff. <laughs> I, uh, I I wore I wore the the red briefs over top of the blue sweatpants. I had the nice knee high fishing boots that were per- white. I had the cape. Oh man! Give us your impression, Duff man impression. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've never really watched The Simpsons, so this means nothing to me. But yeah, well, we don't care about you, so I'm just saying. Hopefully, our listeners do know The Simpsons and they'll understand this whole bit. <laughs> I imagine they do. I feel like I'm in the minority. On yeah, this. you know, Ethan, you're the artist of the group. You're supposed to be more cosmopolitan. Come on, I know what's going that's on? true. I am. You're right. You're right. I got work to do. Yeah, you're not. You're not a blockhead like me and Colin. You're right. That's true. Yep, I have a very nice shape to my head. It's not, it's not a block. <laughs> So, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I was I was chomping at the bit for your brother's mailbag question, Colin. You want to jump into that right now? Or oh. is Hannah coming on tonight? She might be. She might not be. So oh, we okay. will <laughs> we will all be surprised if if she does or not. She's she's in the process of moving right now. So oh shit. Okay, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, she's got some exciting news to share. So keep your fingers crossed that she's on tonight. If not next week, Hannah okay. is coming back. Um, all right. Yeah, let's let's get in. I we have a bunch of mailbags, by the way. So. Oh, hey, look at the timing! Perfect timing. Look at that. Or, or is Sky PR somebody else? Okay, who who do we know that does PR for the Chicago Sky? I don't know what. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know also that was a been thing. a freaking podcast guest. One of two. I've never heard of the Chicago Sky. Number one. Number two. Colin has said multiple times. That we can just have guests on whenever we want, and we don't have to say anything about it. We can just send them a fucking link. So how do I know who this person is? Could just be some rando that one of you guys is bringing on without any fucking warning. We talked about it last time. (laughs) Look at him turning his head like that. (laughs) Jesus Christ! Little treat, little treat for the uh, the viewers out there. Oh my god! So Chicago Sky are a thing then. All right, now I know this. (laughs) This is probably illegal. I'd probably need to come in from my other. Zoom account. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get sued. Yeah, Colin, you better edit this out of the pod. My bad. <sighs> I okay. can do whatever you need. BRB, BRB. Just, just stop it right after I do this. Yeah, right. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So wait. So do we want to um? <clears throat> do we want to wait for Hannah, or do we want to talk about the um Danny mailbag? Uh, let's let's wait for Hannah to get into that mailbag. Uh, because that one's gonna be. That one's going to be pretty in-depth, I feel like. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. While we wait for Hannah, what I can say is that uh, we haven't gotten any new Apple Podcast reviews lately. So if you're inclined, please leave us a review. You will get a shout-out on the show. That is always a great thing. Fan interaction, that's the compliment that we get all the time. We do a great job with that. So you will get a shout-out. And interestingly, I looked at the YouTube stats recently because we were ticking down a few weeks ago. I don't even remember if I said it on air or not, but I looked again and we're ticking back up. So people, including someone who just texted us right before we started recording today, are watching us on YouTube. So <laughs> Ethan, when you're eating all that nasty shit on camera, just remember that people can see I don't that. give a fuck, dude. I'll pick my nose. I'll fucking go digging <laughs> for gold and eat food. I don't give a shit. It's my podcast. Come on, we want Hannah to come back. Come on. No, yeah, why fair. do you do this with I, Hannah I do every it. time? I, all right, when she's when she's not a guest, okay, fine. But <sighs> I was going to say about our interaction and our reviews, even if it's bad reviews, if you want to live, leave a one star review and talk about how I'm an asshole, I probably agree with you. I'll, we'll still shout you out. 
You know what I no, mean? No, no, I'm gonna, so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna amend that. Leave a five star review, but you can still call Ethan an asshole. Like, yes, I mean that's fine too. Yes, yeah. thank you, yeah. Matt. Yes, surprisingly, we did not get a one star review for your rant last week, but I'm surprised we haven't gotten any yet. Yeah, I really am. <laughs> All right, sure we'll get there. Well, uh, Hannah has joined us again and i've been super jazzed up all week hoping that she would come on tonight because hannah has awesome freaking news to share so i want her to start with that please tell the world not for the first time but tell our listening world what is going on with you well i am honored again to be the second schlub the only schlubina um yeah i guess i'm gonna dip my toe into the nfl world because i got a job with the washington football team holy hell yeah congratulations congratulations thank you i'm scared i'm excited i'm i know it's gonna be really hard but i'm ready to do hard things so yeah Yeah, you've got a you've got an uphill battle ahead of you i think didn't they just announce last week they're they're narrowing it down right yeah, um, I just signed an NDA, so I'm hoping to get the get that name sooner rather than later. Um, uh, no, no, two jocks, one schlub, breaking uh, news exclusive. Because <laughs> <laughs> of that fucking NDA. Now, what exactly is the job, Hannah? Uh, I'm a copywriter, um, which I'm the Washington football team's first ever copywriter. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> I think they're trying to just like really work on um, solidifying their brand message and kind of obviously they're, they're going through a big rebrand, a big culture transformation and just trying to make sure the words are, the words are right. So hopefully I can help with that. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Um, So my job starts on September 8th, which is what next Wednesday. And then, I'll head out to the East Coast, um, probably like September 14th or so. Yeah. Awesome. Congratulations again. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to hopefully make my way down to Charlotte at some point because I hear good things. I hear good things. And there's a baby whose cheeks I need to pinch. (laughs) (laughs) She ain't going to be a baby forever, so. So cute. (laughs) Yeah, having having been uh, plugged into the Cleveland sports world, uh, it was really interesting to see everyone react and get excited and get angry and rationalize and talk about the the Indians to the Guardians transition. So uh, I know, um, although Cleveland fan, fans are passionate, um, that's nothing like the fan base size and the fan base energy that you're going to be uh, encountering down in DC. So that's exciting. I mean, that, that's going to be that's going to be outstanding. I think that's yeah. Uh, I know. I know what the Cleveland thing. I think the Washington Football Team was kind of. Uh, they would. I think they wish they had gotten the name off before Cleveland. They kind of got lapped by Cleveland, <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. you know, they're taking their time with it. Um, apparently, I've joined the Washington Football Team subreddits now because I need to get inside with the wild fans. But um, I didn't realize that Washington Football Team is actually a pretty popular name choice. Like a lot of people like want that as the official name. Oh no, shit! I didn't. Know huh. that. Yeah, That's hilarious. I guess it's kind of like. I mean, like, is it more popular with soccer teams, right? Where right, it be that's like... what it reminds me of. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What are I've heard the Wolves. I've heard the Armada. Or it'll it'll be an adjustment, though. Whatever it is. And and the plan, right? I think that this is out there already. Like they they plan to keep the color scheme, right? 
So it, it's just going to be a logo change. Yeah, that's that's as far as I know. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, so I really I don't know much about football, um, American football that is. So, um, but I I think that they've hired a lot of people in the organization who don't come from football backgrounds. Um, so hopefully I'll be in good company. But yeah, I have a, a bunch of lingo to learn. Maybe I'll have to join like a fantasy league. I don't know. Oh yeah, you definitely uh, got to join fantasy. This might be a, a stretch, but um, don't ever tell anyone to break a leg. <laughs> and if, if you're not familiar with the Joe Theismann, just um, oh. watch that video on an empty stomach. But yeah. Yeah, even I have seen that. So that's <laughs> it, really, it really was viral, I guess, or whatever the equivalent was back then. But uh, what did I interrupt? Uh, was Ethan on a rant before Sky PR came in? <laughs> no, not yet. No, I wasn't really ranting. I mean, I was ranting in defense of myself when Matt was yelling at me for not knowing what Sky PR meant, as if I know what the fucking Chicago Sky is. I never knew that until now. <laughs> no, we're spreading awareness about women's sports and that Which is-, is cool that's a good thing i'm down i'm into it i think it's great i'm just saying just don't yeah i mean i don't really base i follow baseball closely and other sports are kind of hit or miss so you can't assume well, that this I know is a great idea actually now maybe as like a marketing technique with WNBA, they just kind of like zoom bomb <laughs> yes. conversations and everybody's like sky pr yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. oh that'd be fucking hilarious yeah great brand awareness yeah. Yeah. Nice. So it was your your girlfriend's already in DC. She was on the East Coast, right? Yeah. So she's the reason we were even looking on the East Coast. She got a job first. Um, she's trying to make the world a better place and uh <laughs> she's gonna be working in the Department of Justice. Um nice. and I'm just the one who likes sports, so I guess we kind of balance each other out. But um yeah, I do have some family out on uh in DC, so that'll be good, but yeah. Far from uh, my original, my stomping grounds of Los Angeles, but it'll be a good adventure. And well, you can hang out with Ethan yeah, whenever you want if, to. You know, if if you or the Washington football team ever need a great trumpet player, you can just uh, call Ethan and ask for Chris. Wait, is Moore. Ethan in the DMV? Are you in the DMV? I live in Arlington. Yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll be we'll be just across the river. Yep. Yeah, perfect so funny. i can yeah. well, i'll have to come over on wednesday nights and exactly uh, yeah yeah <laughs> it'll be the schlub uh window the schlub hang <laughs> will be right here exactly yeah <laughs> oh my god that would be classic <laughs> well, it was good, like and it's still kind of a conundrum but the headquarters are out in ashburn virginia mm. but then the home games are in landover maryland um oh then- i don't think i knew that she's working in center dc so we were like trying to we were we were looking at virginia um and we were looking at arlington um just trying to see about the metro and stuff but uh we settled on adams morgan a little bit oh admo's awesome have have you guys has your girlfriend already been or have you been no we kind of just did the best research we could do and it's a really cool neighborhood things about the area but yeah i'm excited uh i've been to arlington i went to the, the national cemetery of course and excited to to explore and uh, and meet ethan in person hopefully yeah time. yeah definitely <laughs> yeah. and it's a cool area tons tons of stuff going on and uh yeah it's pretty sweet so what's been happening in the world of baseball all i know is that cubs games keep getting rained out here um <laughs> that might be a good thing it's just the thinking cubs that are really, really 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 bad now yeah so. <laughs> yeah 
I mean, I, the, uh, the most important thing is the Yankees winning streak. I mean, uh, does anything else really matter besides for the Yankees getting hot? You know? <laughs> yeah, well, now they're on a two-game losing streak. Yeah, two games. Who cares? After a 13-game winning streak. By the time this episode comes out later in this week, they might be on a five, so. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, yeah. don't say that. <laughs> yeah, no, there's I, – I, baseball is – it's definitely heating up. I mean, this is the time of year all, all the time, you know, end, end of August, yep. getting into the – stretch of september but yeah the yankees are playing awesome except for the last couple games we're still six behind the rays though like the rays have been so good all year like what the fuck but we can talk about that later but but jesus christ yeah yeah somehow they keep winning the cubs suck so you're not missing anything by moving there the white Sox are okay but yankees keep beating them except for uh, corn i don't know if i've delivered this fun fact yet but so where i went to high school in la i was in high school with Lucas Giolito. Um, so he used, to, he used to drive me to school. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> and then Max Freed too was also in that same class. So Max Freed is what? He's with the Braves. And then Jack Flaherty is with the Cardinals. Oh uh, my God. So now being driven to school, that's not just like being in high school. That's like yeah, quality we were, time. That's we like a Jay Z concert together. Like, Holy oh shit. shit. Uh, and, and Giolito's having a good year. He's he's yeah. he's like a solid pitcher. Yeah, yeah, he is, and he married his high school sweetheart. So I know everybody talks it. about Harvard Westlake because of those three. But they, oh wait, you went to Harvard Westlake? Do you know that school? I've heard of it. Yeah, there's like well, it's a really famous school, and there are like a lot of famous like musicians and like Broadway people and shit that this, that came out of there. This is true. So. Um, yeah, I embarrassingly came from that school i'm sure it has a lot of la private prep school connotations which are all which are all accurate right that makes sense yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah. well you are remarkably like humble and down to earth for having come from that so yeah for sure yeah Yeah. that's why she's on the podcast yeah no i know i know i'm just saying that i vet everybody that comes on oh do you let's be humble yeah (laughs) yeah it's in the it's in the application first question (laughs) are you humble are you humble enough to to select yes on this question (laughs) (laughs) oh my god good thing ethan didn't have to fill out that application yeah that would have been a disaster (laughs) yeah sorry i'm 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 landing a lot of blows tonight ethan i'm sorry dude (laughs) fucking go for it man i'm just trying to get you wound up for the next uh rant whatever it may be i mean i don't know the thing is is like the merge lane one that one i knew i wanted to talk about but otherwise they've they've mostly been uh they've mostly been organic you know um so like the confederacy was that last time the confederacy was a rant yeah oh, yeah <laughs> it wasn't on purpose it just kind of happened <laughs> That episode is on fire right now, by the way. Wait, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's getting huge downloads. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, I just, I let it happen naturally. So, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, so we, we took, a, we took a, a sharp turn last week. We had a chef on, which actually was a lot of fun. Yeah. A um, buddy of uh, Collins and mine that we used to work with when we worked at a restaurant back in Syracuse a number of years ago. Uh, yeah. It was super fun. I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was a really fun episode. It was great. Yeah. 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 Well, we even- I've been I, I and maybe I want to hear what you guys have to have to say about this, but I was having a conversation with my friends recently. It was like, if your spouse could be any profession, like what would be the most useful or like fun? I've always said doctor, but chef is certainly up there. So the thing though about being a chef 
is you that they when you get home <laughs> yeah exactly and they because they, and they work crazy long hours so like when they get home they're not going to want to like cook a meal for their spouse you know what i mean so mm. i mean if you i guess on a day off and like when you're entertaining company it would be pretty sweet in that case now i might be wrong it could be maybe ben will comment on this and be like nah i cook for my wife all the time but i kind of doubt it they they work really hard long hours so airline pilot that's what i'm going with get that oh. extra family pass free flights anywhere <laughs> Right, that's I it. like that. I like that. I would probably say, uh, I mean, it's not the most useful or even necessarily the most fun, but just because I'm a musician, another musician would be oh. would be cool. Um, because making music with people you love is a really oh. wonderful thing. So there you go. Wow. Ethan says nice stuff sometimes say, too. So I say, wow, you. yeah, that, that was that was that was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the question is most fun. Yeah, okay. And also, this is assuming that the spouse loves their job and they're not being like forced into something that's, you know, because you want it to be useful or something, whatever. Right. <clears throat> Fun or useful, or I mean, yeah, airline pilot's a good answer. Kyle, what's yours? What do you think? I mean, if it's fun, it's got to be a professional athlete. I mean, how could you, A, as, as the athlete, not have more fun than doing that, but B, as the spouse of an athlete, you're getting probably travel, you're getting inside access at the arenas, you're getting all the free swag and your publicity with it. Like, I mean, yeah, I know some people don't want that, but in today's world with social media, I'm sure there's way less people that don't want that and more people who are like, yep, sign me up for that. Yeah. I always love the shots of uh, Serena Williams's husband. What's his name? Alexis Ohanian. He's always, uh, the camera's always finding him in the stands and he's always with uh, their daughter, which is the cutest for sure. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) And I love how like involved and supportive he is. Like, like he's always there and yelling, right? He's always cheering on and uh, or cheering full throated. That is certainly a power couple if there ever was one. The the inventor of LinkedIn and the best tennis female, best tennis player. I shouldn't even say don't even qualify it. That best damn tennis player of our yeah. lifetime and probably ever. Yeah. Yeah, she's crazy. Oh, and she's a model and a fashion mogul and a businesswoman and like a whole yeah. shit. Yeah, everything she's, she's she does. An impressive lady. Yeah. yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like I just get tired thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Hannah, give us the roundup. Last time you came on, you had bad news about the Olympics. Did good news for us? Mm, well, uh, Sky PR was covering the Chicago Sky Seattle Storm game last night, and Seattle Storm, reigning WNBA champion, suffered their worst loss ever at home. I think at Whoa. least. Wow! Um, did like did Stewie get the stomach flu or something? They've had like a coaching change and then, you know, they do, people are saying uh, a few of those players, you know, they came back from the Olympics. Maybe there's a fatigue factor, um, but they lost by 32 to Chicago, which certainly melted Twitter and WNBA Twitter a little bit. Um, Isn't Candace playing on Chicago this year? She is. That has been a big deal. And she's from Chicago. So like her homecoming Um, for the first time ever um the the rain which is the team that's now in Tacoma but used to be like the Seattle women's soccer team they had their first ever double header with the MLS team in Seattle oh, um, which feels so long overdue 
um, eight years since the, the rain has been founded and they played their first doubleheader. And that means that the rain finally got to not play on a baseball field uh, for their home game and got to play in a legit stadium, which is kind of sad, but it, um, yeah. they ended up, they ended up winning. I know I promise women's sports isn't depressing guys, but <laughs> no, no, that's awesome to hear. Cause like Seattle's a rabid sports town or soccer town. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they like sell out century link field. So exactly. That's exactly. like a sellout so. for the rain too. Like, yeah, it broke an NWSL attendance record. I think it was like 27,000 or something. Wow. Um, So it just shows you that if you, I guess, host it, they will come. Um, and then Rapino scored both goals, um, in the rains win over rivals Portland. That's a big rivalry over there. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it was overall just a really good, really good thing. Um, what else do I have for you guys? What else? Why are the rain? Why are the rain playing on a baseball field? I, I don't. I don't get it. I think it's lack of resources. Pretty much is what it boils down to. I don't know why they can't play in the same stadium as as the Sounders, but I'm sure there's some politics happening behind the scenes that I don't that I don't know. Um, and then Ethan, I don't know if you, you have to go to a Washington spirit game. Have you been to a, there's no way you've been to a mystics or spirit game. Have you? I haven't been to a single sports game here because I moved here seven months before COVID hit. So I was just getting used to life and getting used to my new job. And then COVID hit, we were, I was supposed to see a Nats game with Colin and his wife at that April. So Uh like, was it, I think April, was it April? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was like right uh, in the beginning of the season. Yeah. So I have not seen any sports here. So so tell me. So the Mystics, the Mystics so and the, the Mystics Spirit. The Mystics are the women's basketball team. And they have um, definitely one of like the star players of the league and Elena Deladon. Elena um, Deladon. Elena Deladon. Tall. Oh, Delaware. Sorry. She's a yeah, killer. Yeah. From Delaware. Um, she has, she's been injured and just, um, yeah, hasn't been full fitness in like two years, but she's back. She just came back last week. Um, and then the Washington spirit is the women's soccer team in the area. Um, they're going through some problems right now. The Washington post did like an investigation into the team and some bad oh, things sure. happening. Like, so, um, like, can you, are you allowed to hint towards us what those bad um, things verbal, are? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to like not make it depressing. Um, verbal abuse and some racism and homophobia. Okay. So it's not like some me too shit then? Um, no, but you know, there's, I feel like there was also like a hint of that. It just wasn't the headline. I'm actually, I'm curious really quickly, just, I'm going to interject and then come back to this, but here comes the rant. No, 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 not a rant. A question. Is it because just because we're talking about like these, the bad things happening and like me too is, you know, obviously something that happens way more frequently than we would want in women's professional sports these days, like in 2021, what's what's like the head coach ratio would you say like like is it mostly dudes that are head coaches even for women's sports yeah it is even now okay so i think actually there's an interesting um i guess phenomenon that they tracked was like once title nine was passed there before title nine there was actually more female coaches Mm -hmm. coaching women's teams and then after title nine was passed like more men's coaches started to enter the the fray and I don't know if they, that was because women's teams started to get more funding and started to be maybe more of like a lucrative opportunity. And then men who already had this sort of um, alluring experience or the experience needed 
were able to step into those roles. And then it kind of was like this vicious cycle. Hmm. Um, so yeah, even, in, um, I don't know about the WNBA as specifically, but yeah, in the NWSL, more men's coaches than women's, but there's certainly been a push to, to change that. And I know for even like the active players in these leagues, they're ho- they, um, the league has been hosting like the coaching certifications while they're playing. Um, to try to make it as easy as possible for them to to transition to coaching if they if they want to. Obviously, we know how important it is to have um, role models or people in leadership that you like. Yeah, right. Representation. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. I've I've asked this question on my other podcast to a number of people. I'm going to ask you, Hannah. Oh boy. <laughs> I believe that so like obviously there's been women head coaches you know heads of teams whatever who have made um you know really really significant impacts on the game Uh, but we're still like you said i mean it's still predominantly males in female sports and what does it take to change that i think personally that it takes something like a becky hammond getting a job in the NBA, a traditional male sport and dominating mm-hmm. and saying like, okay, that shows that women can do it. Like, I just don't know. I don't know that women can do it from the inside, you know, with their, with their own leagues yeah. and, yeah. you know, get the type of momentum that they need. Like, what, what do you, do you, uh, I, I don't, and I, and I feel bad about saying that because it probably shouldn't be that way, but I think a woman needs to come into like one of those big four traditional leagues dominate. Mm-hmm. And then, then they'll start to get the respect. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, we have to like say it bluntly as we're, we're trying to, um, I guess dismantle this, but right now, like men's sports are still the standard of what is good sport, right? right? Like right. women's sports are watered down. They're not as fun to watch. Like, if they're not as athletic or whatever. Um, so if you, and when we say, when we talk about, you know, basketball, um, we always, we always say women's basketball and basketball as if, you know, men's sports is just like the default. Um, so yeah, with what you're saying, Colin, it's like, we already have this sense, um, even though it's kind of hard to say, but like have this sense that men's sports are the gold standard. And so in thinking that it's, having a woman coach at the gold standard is probably like you're saying what it would take to really move the needle because when women coach women, we're like, okay, well, yeah, they can coach the watered down, um, you know, to use, to use those words. So, yeah, I mean, I, that would be, that would be incredible. And I think what in the past five, seven years, we've seen more and more like, position coaches in the NFL. And I know even like some baseball teams, what is it? San Francisco hired Yankees too. Yankees yeah. have a female well, and what coach. I was going to say is uh, the Marlins GM is Kim Ang. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's as powerful position as you can get in baseball. And she's the first one. And she, I mean, the Marlins aren't very good, but like I read a bunch of accounts after this most recent, the trade deadline and everybody was like impressed. They were like, Kim Ang fucking nailed this trade deadline. So you, you yeah. forgot to say fellow Case Western Reserve University alumni, Kim Ang. Oh, I don't <laughs> think I knew that. That's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, case the- Me or her? Yeah. She, yeah, yeah, I did. Okay, cool. <laughs> I love small liberal arts colleges. So, hey, um, and engineering. Yay. 
But yeah, wow. everyone thinks it's a military school. It's kind of annoying. But were you going to say, Paul, and I interrupted you? Yeah, I, I interrupted everyone. I, I was just going to say to Ethan's point, I think there's something. It's kind of, you know, like on our first episode when we were talking about the Bambino and how he just has this hold over baseball that like maybe doesn't make sense when you like really think about it. Um, I think that there is something to be said about getting an on-field, on-court leadership position versus a front office position. Like, I think there's a, I think there's a completely different psyching there that like what Kim's doing is obviously the vi- awesome. Yeah. But, but the visibility. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. I know. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the visibility. And I also think it's like almost the sort of direct leadership or supervision of, of men. Like the fact that you go and you would go into these halftime talks or these timeout talks. And this woman would say, this is how we can play better basketball. Like that would be, that'd be really powerful. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, all right, we ended on an uplifting out there. That's pretty good. (laughs) We're giving people things to think about and, you know, reasons to be supportive of of the change. Because, like, it's it's no doubt that women can do the job. It's just like, okay, let's let's give them the opportunity. Like when uh, Hannah and I have a mutual social media friend, Kelsey Trainer, what she was saying on one of my episodes of the other podcast was like, she wants to be in a world where women get the opportunity to coach in these positions and fail and get another opportunity, just like white men have traditionally gotten for so long. And like, it always makes me think of the Joe Torrey examples. Like, you know, there's so many Joe Torreys out there who just keep getting chance after chance, after chance, after chance, when there's probably someone who's already better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, smart. Anyone, anyone who can, who's watched uh, both the men's and women's national soccer teams know that, um, <laughs> that, that the men's team is not the gold standard. Uh, holy cow. And, and I, and uh, just to yeah. go back to your point earlier too, like I know the WNBA is trying to make that message clear with their advertising right now. Like what, what was it like the, what's your excuse campaign? Like no mm-hmm. dunks. Yeah. We dunk like mm-hmm. no trash talk. Yeah. There's trash talk. Like no buzzer beaters. Yeah. We got it. Like what's your excuse. Um, yeah. Which I think is pretty cool. And I like that That's messaging. Cool. It said that they have to have that campaign, but I love the way they're executing it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's still really, really high level basketball. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll shamelessly plug that the sky are playing Diana Tarasi and the Phoenix Mercury tomorrow. So <laughs> she still, she still plays. I feel like I know, right? since we were like kids. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm the greatest women's basketball player of all time. That's what they say. She's up That's there. What they yeah. say. That's what they How say. How old is she now? Oh God. She has to be almost 40. Damn. But she still fucking got it. Huh? Her and Sue Bird. Oh, yeah. and Sue Bird. That's the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was what that was what made me ask the head coach question was in and, and Hannah. Sorry, we don't need to start another thing. I know you want to go. But yeah. like UConn women's basketball is like pretty, pretty easily like the best college basketball program ever. Right. And it's Gino Ariema, right, as the coach. Yeah. And yeah. so I just always I, you know, I just always thought that that was interesting. And there I know there was was it Tennessee had like a really famous Pat summit. Pat, that's yeah. right. I knew. Yeah. And uh, I just there's, there's Moffitt, right? In Notre Dame, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, very noteworthy. It's similar on the women's soccer side too. I don't know if you've heard of this guy Anson Dorrance, but he's yeah. like the, UNC women, a legend of the UNC women's soccer team. And again, it's like yeah, this this white guy who's been around since like the '80s and is like very much a legend. But yeah, 
but all right guys ethan what are you drink? you look like you're drinking a grapefruit juice uh, honestly that's kind of what it tastes like so um <laughs> All right, so so Matt and I recently split a um, a big pack of beers from Other Half, a really famous brewery that we've talked about before. There's one in D.C., Hannah. If you and your girlfriend like beer, you need to go. Now, most of the beers in this pack are IPAs that that are highlighting a hop called the Mosaic Hop. This one, Matt, I don't, is this? It was in the. It was connected to the thingy. Was this part of the Mosaic Pack? Yeah, it's part of the Mosaic Pack. So this one is called. I told Can- you. I told you before I left. There was one that wasn't a, an IPA in there. Oh, that's right. So this one's called Cannibal Machine, and okay. it is a uh, it's a, a Berliner Weisse smoothie with pineapple, orange, guava, coconut, and milk sugar. Now, normally I do not like these things because they're way too sweet. This one's actually pretty good, and like Hannah, it's funny you said that. It literally like tastes like pineapple juice. So that is such an aggressive name. What is it that, again? Cannibal. Cannibal Machine, and it looks like. I don't know. It looks like a, a, a humanoid trash can and then some bugs that are like eating each other or something. But in a good, but it's like in it's like silly kind of animation. So it's not like it's not like dark or scary. It's just kind of silly. All right. So. Well, I'll keep this in mind when I make the move. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thanks for letting me come on. And I'm back to packing because I'm leaving Chicago tomorrow. All right. Thanks Congrats. for being here. Safe travel. Yeah, thank you, wait, Hannah. Wait, one more, one last question, and I don't know if this would work out with your crazy schedule. Um, if you want, Ethan and I got two spare tickets to a Yankees Orioles game with an Avid Brothers post game conference in a couple or conference concert in a couple weeks. I <laughs> yeah, can't find anyone to take those tickets for the life of me. What what day? Is it? I feel like my days off are going to be like Tuesday, Wednesday. Like it's oh, gonna be- yeah, it's, it's Thursday, right? Thursday the fifteenth. Oh, it's the 16th. 16th. Yeah. Thursday the oh, 16th. Oh, definitely, definitely have a game. I think they have a game that night. They'll have to be there. Bummer. Uh, All right. We'll do, okay. we'll do one with them we'll another time. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Have a good right. rest of the pod. Bye, Hannah. See ya. Thanks, Hannah. Thank you. Congrats again. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Hey guys, looking for a betting advantage this football season? You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to compare betting odds and make smart bets. Their best bet computer model scans over 350,000 unique bets per year to give you a best bet recommendation for every game across all major sports and gives you the reasoning behind why you should place the bet. Their model covers everything from spreads, over-unders, and player prop bets. Don't want to use this model and prefer to do the research yourself? Well, BetQL has all the necessary tools for your betting research needs. Tools like line movement and sharp data on who the pros are backing, team summaries highlighting previous success against the spread and over-under, team lineup breaking news and injury status updates, and leaderboards to track how you stack up against others and to view your winning streaks. Better data, better bets. 
Head to the App Store or Google Play Store now to download BetQL. You can also head to try.betql.co slash bluewire to get started now. Enter the discount code bluewire at payment checkout for 25% off any of their subscription offerings. Make sure to check out their offers page to find a special offer to receive a full free year of BetQL. Don't miss out on the chance to gain your betting advantage during this football season. That is so cool. Yeah, fucking awesome, dude. When I saw the she posted on IG last week sometime and I texted her. I was like, dude, you need to come back on. Like it's it's you're due anyway, but um and she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, definitely." And yeah. um I'm I'm just glad she took a a breather from packing cuz I I knew she was leaving tomorrow. Yeah. I didn't um, I didn't sneak it in when she was on, but I have a like one of the closest times I've ever been able like near a famous person. I actually was two seats away from Elena Deladon um, <laughs> after a wedding. Like they were, the, the team must have been playing. I think it's the Indianapolis Fever, or Indiana Fever, whatever the yeah Fever. Yeah. Um, so we were leaving the hotel. I was sitting down in the lobby, and they must have been just getting there. And she sat down on this couch, like two seats away. And it's one of the only. First of all, I mean, they, she stands out because this whole giant team of basketball, you know, tall women come in, all in tracksuits. Um, and she sat down, and it's like one of the only people in the WNBA I recognize. And I'm too chicken to say anything, even just be like, "Oh man, you're awesome!" Like I couldn't even say that. I just like looked at her and looked back down at my phone, and was just like, "Oh my god!" Like, um, so for you those of you listening out there, it was after uh, Mr. Malganera's wedding out in Indianapolis. They were in the lobby at the Omni, and it was so cool. And I was so chicken, and I could even like I couldn't even ask for a selfie or anything. I just it was so cool, but. Nice. Yeah, see, and we don't have time on this pod to get into it, but she's got a great story. She's, I'm pretty sure she's a UConn recruit, and she left after like one day or something like that. And to go uh, back just, home, yeah. just went home to, to Delaware. And, and then, then Delaware like, didn't was a play for a year. Yeah, yeah, didn't play for a year, played like volleyball, so like in a social kind of just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to do something. And then she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to turn it up again. And is one of the best players. She won MVP 2017, 18, I think, in the WNBA, something like that. Wow. But go blue hands. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great story. If you ever have time, go on the Just Women's podcast. She was a guest. She tells the full story in detail. Oh, really, really great, really great episode. Um, all right. Here's what I think we should do. Um, we have a ton of mailbag questions. Let's get to Danny's mailbag question today. But before that, I want to talk about the Javi Baez. Oh. Francisco Lindor, thumbs down. We should thing. talk about this. Yeah. And I want to say that and the reason i want to talk about it is because and we're not going to get to this question tonight but there's a question around like um kind of mental health and uh just decency and people and things like that that we'll get to next episode um but it's got me thinking you know i saw what bias had to say and you know to a certain extent i understand what they're feeling Let's give the background really quick for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah, go go ahead. You you can do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so the Mets have recently started doing um, giving a thumbs down to each other as a as a celebration when they do something good. And Javi Baez, a a, a star infielder, recently came out and said that basically it's a reaction to the fans booing them when they suck. So it's almost like a um, like pushing back against the fans almost a little bit. Uh, I don't know if that's the right way to characterize it, but but essentially kind of like. 
uh, uh, not necessarily mocking, but like the fans were booing them when they suck. And so now when they're doing good, they're like giving a big thumbs down. Right. Which, and and I would incidentally no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, lighthearted. Anthem, it coincidentally is the second thumbs down <laughs> celebration to originate out of city field. If you guys remember five years ago or so when the Yankees were playing a short series yeah. in ta- or against Tampa in awesome. city field, um, Todd Frazier hit a couple really good hits back when he was in the Yankees and they would, they, the, the Yes Network broadcast cut to this very large Tampa fan who looked kind of like George R.R. R. Martin with a giant beard with a stone face with a thumbs down. Just like, <laughs> boo, I disapprove of you and your baseball talent. And so that yeah, became so the Yankees' um, faux celebration for the rest of the year as they would thumbs down. A little bit more substance to this one. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So, Kyle, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, I, I was going to say... <laughs> I don't really want to put too much color into this because I really only have one specific feeling toward it. Um, But I I want to say before I I say my distinct feeling is that I can understand to a certain extent what those players are feeling when you're, you're getting booed and like from a mental health perspective and just knowing where we are in society these days and like, should we be booing other people? You know, at the end of the day, probably not. Yeah, it's it's probably pretty barbaric, but it happens, and you know the it is part of the game to a certain extent. But maybe it's something that we need to you know think about as a society getting away from. Anyway, with that being said, what he did is complete, and what the Mets are doing, and and I know that since then the Mets management has come out and yeah, said that Sandy it's, Alderson, yeah, yeah, said that it's it's totally unacceptable, and I one hundred percent agree because I think it is completely disrespectful to the fans that essentially help them make their money. Like if it's not for the fans, they're not getting paid. And like, yeah, you can be mad at the fans, but find, find a way to do it. That's not public like that. Find a way to do it where, you know, you're, you're in the clubhouse and you want to let out some steam or whatever, but to like completely disrespect fans, most of them who probably don't deserve that disrespect like that to me just says that is why that is why the Mets and the Red Sox and all these organizations that have all these meltdowns like year after year after year. The Yankees used to do that in the 80s. This used to be the Yankees like these type of things would happen with the Yankees, but they never happened with a first class organization now. But with the Mets, with Steve Cohen, who we all agree is a scumbag anyway. Everyone was like, oh, the Mets, they're you know so great and everything. And they're just, oh, they're such a mess. And Lindor is signed forever. And he's probably not happy at all. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on with that team? I, I just, you could have found a million different ways to express your emotions. And instead, you found the one way that was the most disrespectful thing to do. Matt? I mean... Counterpoint: Lindor hasn't played all that great this year, um, so you know he. I think he may he may deserve a little bit of razzing from the fans. Uh, I think your question of of whether or not people are should be booing that. I, I think that's definitely something. We, I mean, it's not it's not the 1970s. Throw your nickel beers on the field anymore. <laughs> right. um, I think there is one group though that we can all agree should be booed and booed vehemently and enthusiastically when they do a poor job and that's the umpires. But well, <laughs> that's mainly because I'm still upset about the, the bad calls they made in uh, 
on Saturday and Sunday in Oakland, but it's okay. I'll let it go. <laughs> um, uh, but even, even them, you know, even the umpires, uh, having been in a much, much, much lower, <clears throat> lower intensity, lower stakes uh, umpiring position, um, it's tough. <laughs> you do the best that you can when you're out there. Um, having uh, having parents scream at you from the sidelines that they're going to find you in the parking lot is definitely not a great way to uh, go about umpiring and, and treating someone who's just trying to do their best out there. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't know. You're right, Colin. I think there's, there could have been a myriad of different ways they could have uh, expressed their feelings, even if it's something like, you know, do the, do the cry sign or something, you know, don't, don't just do the thumbs down and then come out and tell everyone that's what it's for. Like, right. Right. Yeah. It'd be one thing if they just did the thumbs down and, didn't give any context and everyone was just trying to figure it out. But I mean, he came yeah. out, he straight out came out and said, Mets fans suck. Like we fucking hate you type thing. And like, I, I just, I, I don't understand who wins in that situation. Yeah. So, so I guess, yeah, I think that that's like a really important part is the fact that Javi Baez just came out and just said that this was like a reaction to the fans, like kind of fighting back against the fans um, to me, uh, I'm more with Matt on this aspect in terms of the fact that these guys are making millions of dollars, like deal with fucking booze. You're a professional athlete. You're making insane money, more money than the vast majority of people in the world will ever see in their entire lifetimes. You're going to get fucking booed. Go, go, grow up, get over it. Yeah. Now, ask Carlos Stanton. What about what G he's, he's streaky. What about it? And I'm just saying, ask, ask, ask G about getting booed. He, he's gotten yeah. booed since day one from New York. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, but one thing I do want to add to that, though, not we don't have time today, but maybe on a future pod, I would be curious, Kyle, if you expanded more on what you're talking about with with kind of the mental health of that. To me, to me, that seems um, again, it just seems like something that athletes should just fucking, you know, grow, grow up and deal with. But um, but I would be curious to talk more about that uh, at a different time. But I think the biggest the big issue here, like you guys said, is that Javi just came out and just like said it the way he said it. Um, and I don't know, it's hard. I, I go back and forth on whether I think that like the, the management should have come out with that statement, like condemning their players. I almost feel like it would have been better for them to say something along the lines, just something a little more vague, like this is an, this is an issue. We recognize it and we are taking care of this within the organization or something Mm -hmm. like that, Mm -hmm. as opposed to being like, you know, this is unacceptable. What are these guys thinking? Blah, 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 blah. Um, that just to me that that sounds too close to like Tony Larusa calling out like the Urinator earlier in the year. Right. I don't know. It's hard. I wonder. You guys remind me. Is Javi? Is he in the last year of a contract, or does he have one more year? Yes. Okay. Walker. I wonder if that's part of it. He he. Maybe he's just not invested he runs in the Mets, out. and he just doesn't <laughs> give a shit. Like he just doesn't care about the Mets. He thinks he'll probably sign elsewhere, and so like fuck you to the fans. You know, maybe that's I mean, cynical, but maybe. I don't. I don't want to gloss over the fact though that. Um... I mean, to, to harken back to our, our Simone Biles talk a couple episodes ago, like um, athletes' mental health is important. Um, and yeah, well, generally I'm going to think that, um, you know, they're in that position because they can deal with high stress situations and they're, they're the best at dealing with those situations. Um, it's, it's good to not lose sight of it though. Um, whether it's Simone Biles, whether it's uh, Naomi Osaka talking about um, her, troubles with the spotlight and with the media and with answering questions. I, I think that has to be a dialogue that's out there. Um, but again, um, 
the other half is these guys are where they are because they they excel under high pressure situations uh, under the spotlight. Um, and I mean, you know, the Met, I, 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 don't, I understand the Mets fans being upset about the product on the field there. Um, yeah. yeah. But know. this is, this is where like the, the difference in sports to other industries, like we always talk about, like maybe there's just like sports is its own silo is like, if you're in customer service or you're like at the front desk of a hotel or something and someone comes, you know, bitches at you about service, you're not going to bitch back at them and expect to have your job tomorrow. Right. Right. You know, so it's, it's just, there's what I, I just feel at the end of the day, like, all right, yeah, we address the mental health side of getting booed, which obviously sucks. But at the end of the day, I just feel like there's a better way to deal with this when, you know, you're, you're, whether or not you want to be there or not, I, I just, I don't understand it. Yeah, it's not a good look for bias, I would say for sure. I wonder, yeah. I wonder how much of an impact this will have, you know, this winter uh, on the market, you know, because we're, everybody's so, um, uh, uh, you know, there's such heavy anticipation for the, for the shortstop class this winter. And obviously he's one of those names. And I, I do wonder how this episode is going to, uh, to impact that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll let's take, see if they can... I don't think the Yankees sign any of them. Hot take. Mm, I still think they're going to get story. We shouldn't. His home road splits are fucking atrocious. I'm just saying what my gut feels, but I also don't think anything's going to happen because they're going to go on strike. Oh, really? Is the, um, is the collective bargaining up this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you, wait, so you, you think with, with top prospects, Volpe, Peraza, the, the prospect that they're about to sign and the guy that they just drafted, we're going to go still sign a shortstop. Yep. That'd be dumb. They're not yep. ready. Put Volpe in the lineup. Play, Sink just or play, swim. Just okay. play, and you know, and you know why? And DJ a second. Well, no, 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 no. See, here's the reason that they need to make the move now is because they need to move Glaver to second and they need to figure out something to do with DJ. Fucking trade Ooh. him. I don't know if they're going to get anything from him, but he's got a full clause now, Ethan. Does he? Yeah. They were showing average bat speeds uh, on the Yankees the other day. And DJ's is below the average in major league baseball. Just a touch, but he still leads the team in hits. His OPS yeah, but his is batting average incredible. is lower than G's. Yeah. Well, yeah, but and his OPS so is, is way except, lower than um, unless, unless your name is Aaron judge. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, you know, Matt, you're not, you're not going to, Matt, you're not going to win this. Glaber's Glaber's you know. batting average is lower than G's. Like, <laughs> well, okay. You know. Why are we even talking about batting average? Didn't I talk about this on the very first episode or the second episode? Batting average is pointless. Do not talk about it. OPS. <laughs> Let's talk about OPS. You know, Jesus. Hey, All right. I got, well, I got a shout out. I got a, I got a baseball, a baseball centric stat that my friend uh, give it Matt to us. sent me. Um, he got it from the Dan Lambertard show, so we'll give credit where his credit's due. But ah, I love in two thousand two, the Twins are above five hundred against every team in the league except the Yankees, <laughs> and they're thirty seven and one hundred and one <laughs> against the Yankees. Oh, dude! So my cousin, um, <laughs> I'm close to one of my cousins who I lived with for three years in Rochester, and she's a huge baseball fan. She's a huge Twins fan because she interned in college with the Rochester Red Wings, who at the time were the were the Twins farm team. I can't remember if they still are, but in any case, she's a huge Twins fan. And of course, she knows that it's, you know, the Twins famously suck against the Yankees. 
I don't know that she knew those. She knows those numbers though. So I'm telling her those. Those that's yeah. amazing. Thirty-seven <laughs> and one hundred and one. Thirty-seven, like a seven hundred winning and they're percentage. Two and fifteen in the playoffs since two thousand two. They're <laughs> above five hundred against everyone else. That is fucking hysterical. <laughs> oh my god, it's unbelievable. So good, it really is. All right, we're gonna stick with the Yankees. So if you've listened this far, keep listening. Pause though. Got... Pause really quickly. Pause. Um, Matt, the reason DJ leads the team in hits is that <laughs> despite his incredibly mediocre 716 OPS, he still is hitting leadoff all the time. Don't know what the fuck the Yankees are thinking. Yeah. Time time to not be hitting wait, leadoff wait, wait, anymore. Hitting it's leadoff fucking September. Give you more hits. It gives you more at bats. Yeah. More Which at bats, more, more chances. chances to get hits. Yeah, yeah but but if he had been math, hitting, Matt, if he had been math, hitting, math. yeah, if he had been batting seventh or eighth most of the time this year, or even sixth, no chance he'd be leading the team in hits. But but again, that's what average measures and ab- hits versus chances. So as long as his average is higher than most people on the team, he's still doing fine. Go ahead, Colin. Continue. <laughs> All right, uh, we got from uh, brother Dan. We got a Yankee question here. How big of a loss is Britain, Zach Britton, uh, who's a relief pitcher for the Yankees, for October? His power sinker that plays both sides of the plate when he is on is a big weapon. I know he's not had a good year, but in a short sample, that can be huge. The Yankees' bullpen is going to have bodies with the playoffs starting pitching rotation probably only going four deep, so I think all should be fine. How confident are we in the bullpen being able to pass the ball to Chad and Liza? Sorry, Chappie. I'm confident. You know why? Because Severino's going to come back and he's going to go right to the bullpen. You think so? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. think they'll put him he, in the bullpen? Is that the plan? He, he's, he can't wrap up to starter at this point. Oh, yeah, at this so point in the season. At, okay. They'll say, they'll say throw throw 20, 100-mile-an-hour fastballs out there. I mean, they're talking about putting Heel uh, in the bullpen, too. So yeah. I, think, okay. I, think, I think they'll be okay. Um, if Sevy does end up in the bullpen and he pitches well... That would be pretty amazing. I hadn't I hadn't thought about that. The real I mean, wild they, card. They did the same thing a couple of years ago. Right. Um, but he was more of a long relief guy, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, In 2019. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they other teams have done that with. I mean, didn't didn't the Red Sox have um, Evaldi coming out of the pen a couple of years ago too? And they won the World Series. Yep. Yeah. So I think that's a good strategy, and it's a way to get him innings without uh, necessarily. Or too much, arm. you know, you can get him back, back in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the real wild card is if one of those two that you mentioned, Matt, can close. Because right now, the two biggest issues are the eighth and the ninth inning. Like, just when you think Loiza has it together, Loiza mel- has it together, he melts down. Just when you think Green has it together, he gives up a two-run homer yesterday. Chappie... He yeah. could he could be as good as he was in April and October, but we don't know. And so, like, that's really the, the ultimate question mark is, like, can any of these guys bridge it from the 8th to the ninth and close it out? That's really what's going to determine. They can all throw nasty shit. They can all – they're all capable of pitching out of the bullpen. But can they get the job done for what the bullpen construction – is set up to be like that ultimately is the big thing for me. And like Br- losing Britain, I mean, he's a left-handed arm. That that's something say, to be that's, said. Yeah, that's I was going to say that. That's a big. I thing. think to 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 counter that, they should bring Ridings back. I really, I and mean, he had a very small sample size, but I think he he's he's earned another shot too. Is he and down in Scranton? Yeah, uh, I think so. He's he's the the substitute teacher that throws a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Oh. Um, 
But interestingly enough, talking about that, because, you know, I know I, I scratched my head at the, uh, the Wandy Peralta and the Joely Rodriguez and the, the Clay Holmes acquisitions, but um, I think it was fan side, which I know you guys don't necessarily like, but they talked about uh, last week that there, there probably is a method to Cashman's madness there. He's specifically looking at the, the power sinker mm-hmm. and the fact that these guys can throw the sinker 95 and above and they can, they can, it doesn't matter where they throw it. The fact that they throw that, even when it's up in the zone, the movement that they're getting is enough to disrupt the the bat plane and the swing plane that the guy that opposing hitters have. So that's what his focus is. And they're, they're talking about, especially with, with Joely and with Holmes, that was the huge focus that, okay, we want you to throw your sinker. We want you to throw it hard. That was it. That's all they cared about. And you look at, their number since coming to the Yankees. And it's like, Oh crap. Like they're great. You know, this Wandy Peralta guy who came over with almost a six ERA that I was going, what the hell? Like he had one bad start or one bad appearance when he first came over and he's been really reliable since. So um, I think that's part of what they're going after. Um, And I think as long as we keep hitting, we can kind of mitigate our other uh, deficiencies. Yeah. Well, and that's a great point. And you know, that's the, depending on what side of the coin you're on, that's the great or the terrible thing about baseball is like, all right, you have to have a certain level of competency to get through the season, to get to the playoffs. But when you get to the playoffs, if you've had a bad bullpen all season and all of a sudden they string together the best, thir- what does it take? 12 games to win. If you're a wild card team, 11 games to win. If you're, you're not, if they have the best, you know, 12 game stretch of the season, you're going to win the world series. Like and they just so, had. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, so like the Yankees and all these teams are just banking. I mean, all the teams are loaded up on 50 something arms and just hoping that they pick the right combination uh, to help get them through. Um, so in, in a way it's like, you know, losing Britain like four years ago would have been harder because we probably wouldn't have had, you know, as many people, but there's so many bullpen arms these days. And, you know, start like starters pitching out of the bullpen, like that whole Java rules thing, like doesn't exist anymore. Like p- pitchers just want to throw. They just want to throw as hard as they can. They don't care if they're thrown because they know that they're max. They're probably only throwing four or five innings anyway. So what's the, what's the difference between two or three innings? Like they'll get a big mm-hmm. deal like Britain did whether or not they're a reliever or starter. So they, they don't care anymore. Yeah. I'm just laughing at the uh, Java reference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep, Java rules, those fucking midgets, or whatever they're called, midges, midges, midges. Midges, midges, yes. Yeah, the bugs, the bugs, that's right, yeah. I forgot about those. Non, non-biting, non annoying mosquitoes, not even really mosquitoes, they're lake-dwelling bugs. Mr. Tory's it, biggest regret, not pulling the team off the field. It was, uh, it's, it's a way of life in Cleveland, you just kind of get used to that. Yeah. That there's midges and there's Canadian soldiers, which are like mayflies. They're big, they're bigger, and they come once a year for like two weeks and then they all die. <laughs> they came at a great time in 2007. <laughs> all right, we're gonna end this with the second question from Brother Dan. This is the fun question yep. Which backyard baseball character, Ethan, Matt, you want to break down what backyard baseball is real quick? 
I think um, Ethan should. Yeah, Backyard Baseball is uh, sort of a, a famous uh, kind of cult computer game from the late 90s and early 2000s. What's a computer? Uh, <laughs> right? And um, so basically, so animated game, okay, like cartoons, but, you know, like good graphics for the time. And so the original was just a bunch of, like, it's kids, a bunch of characters that were made up. Um, but in future releases, there were there were more games, right? It, it was it became a series. There were also uh, major league players included as kids. Uh, super fun game. You can do. I, I fucking loved it. I can't remember uh, if you guys played it as uh, too much or not, but um, you could win uh, win. You could earn it by doing good shit in the game. You could earn like power ups. So like as a pitcher. You could throw all of these kind of crazy types of pitches if you earned them. Batters could do the same. They could, like, earn these kind of special things. So, like, you could get these. Like, there was a, one called an undergrounder where you'd hit it, and it would go under the ground, <laughs> literally into the ground, and then randomly a couple seconds later would pop up somewhere on the field, right? Um, all sorts of just, like, fun little things like that. And um, just a super fun game. Um, classic. And amazing, by the way, I realized this because... Um, this is, I don't think I've told this story. Randomly at the beginning of COVID, like in, in 2020, I thought about backyard baseball. I don't even, I don't even remember where it came from. Maybe I told you guys at the time I went and I like downloaded an old version of it and I played it a ton for like a few days and it was like super fun. And then I stopped. But one of the things that I realized that I hadn't thought of when I was like 10 years old, you know, we were just talking with Hannah about like representation and things. Holy fuck, dude. It, Pablo like, and Kenny Kawaguchi and Keisha. Yeah. I mean, they Amazing. cover everything. Amazing. Yeah. Boys and girls, disabled, uh, um, all sorts of like uh, ethnic backgrounds and everything. Just just wonderful um, in terms in terms of that. So like think about all the all the kids of the early 2000s like playing that game. I mean, that representation shit like we talked about, it matters. But in any case, wonderful game. I love that Danny thought of this question. <laughs> and so to top the actual question off, it said, which backyard baseball character most represents a current Yankee? The two obvious ones for me are Pete Wheeler slash Brett Gardner and Mikey Thomas as Jolie Gallo. True three outcomes kind of guys. Any other standout? I say we could expand this to anyone in baseball, too. It doesn't just have to be a Yankee. So I would say real quick that um, <clears throat> for Brett Gardner, I don't actually think Pete Wheeler is right because Pete Wheeler is yeah, a really good either. hitter. Yeah, Pete Wheeler is really good. Um, I would say Guardy is more like, um, trying to think of, uh, I, I pulled up a list of the characters. I'm trying to remember somebody who was like really fast, but didn't hit very well. Cause that would be, that would be, um, Guardy. Pete Wheeler would be more like somebody who's super fast, but also like hits a bunch of homers, has some real pop. Um, but I do like his Mikey Thomas, Mikey Thomas Gallo. I think that's pretty good. Uh, I'm going to think about, I'm going to think about, uh, some others. Matt, did you, do you have any? I mean, I made the joke about Pablo uh, Pablo Sanchez being uh, like player of the week and or uh, Anthony what Vasquez? What, I'm forgetting his first name. Which, Andrew? Anthony? Oh, Vela- Andrew Anthony. Velasquez. Velasquez. Dang it, man! Wow, he's been in front of my mind for the past two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna right? say yeah. But yeah, so pa- Pablo Pablo for those of you, the, for the uninitiated was the best player in the game. He's he's Mike Trout. Um, he's, if we're being you know, real. he's, yeah. but he's a very diminutive, um, yeah. Hispanic player. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause when you, when you log into the game and, and pick teams, you, it's, it's literally like the lineup, 
um, when you're picking teams in elementary school. It's just a bunch of kids standing on the bleachers and you click on them and pick them on your team. So unless you like, you, you think that the little kid off in the corner is, uh, yeah, I'm not going to touch that little kid. And then you click on the stats and you go, oh, like the, the little kid is the best kid in the game. Exactly. Um, and uh, for Velasquez, he had, uh, he, I mean, he's cooled off a little bit, but he had a kind of a an on-fire streak of a week for, for the team. Um, I'd say um, I, I'm, I'm going to go the other one, though. Uh, I'm going to go with, um, oh, where was it? Uh, I mean, I have one. If you're still, if you're searching for it, I'm, I'm going to say Ahmed Khan is kind of like, uh, kind of like Giancarlo. Uh, okay, Ahmed Khan. That's good. Um, See, I was going to say Ahmed as like um, Fernando Tatis or Vlad Guerrero Jr. Just because of like a really good hitter with like swag. I feel like Ahmed Khan yeah. would, you know, had a lot of swag. Yeah. But I like that with G. I think that's a good one. Maybe, maybe Dimitri, just because he looks goofy. Dimitri Pest or Petrovich could be like Luke Voigt or something. I don't know. <laughs> good at good at batting, but not much else. Um, right. Where little little square head. I think you could say Ernie Steele for um, for uh, for Tyler Wade, maybe. Oh, actually, you know what? Ernie Steele might not have been fast. Ernie Steele was like um, he was like a good fielder, but he like couldn't do anything else. Um, so actually, we have to find somebody uh, faster. I think because I don't remember if he was fast. Um, this is this is a uh, this is great. I love that Danny came up with this. What about you, Colin? What do you think? All right, mine's not a player. Um, I'm gonna take uh, what's his name, Vinny the Gooch. Oh, the uh, the color commentator. Yes. Yeah. Vinny the Gooch is Pepper Brooks from Dodgeball. Played by Jason, oh, Jason the Bateman. Jason Bateman character. <laughs> That's good, dude. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's just every time I, I see, I just think of that. Like even even before this question, like every time I see Dodgeball, I think of Finny the Gooch. I have no idea why. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's good. I'm going to have to think about this one some more because I want to I want to come up with some other examples. Um, what, was, but I don't... what was your favorite, uh, favorite pitch? Special pitch. I, I, I was particularly fond of the freeze ball oh the freeze ball was super fun um i mean the fireball is pretty good you know that one's so fast it was almost a guarantee yeah (laughs) yeah but the freeze ball was super fun um that the corkscrew was pretty good but maybe not as exciting and then there was also the um the spitball well the spitball was funny because it had such a good like sound effect (laughs) like you could hear like kind of like smacking liquid and like see like spit flying and (laughs) so the spitball was pretty fun and everyone loves the uh, aluminum bat, the, the, aluminum uh, bat, yeah. the sure. instant home run. I loved the, um, so what was the, the crazy bunt one there where you would like bunt it and would go, go like flying all over the field really fast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That yeah. one's a good one too. Yeah. Oh man. Classic. Yeah. I loved playing. What was your favorite MLB player? I, I loved to play with Griffey. I thought that was so much fun. Griffey. Oh, I love Randy. Oh yeah. Randy, Randy was good. Um, damn. I'm trying to remember if Wasn't I had Frank uh, Thomas in it. Yep, he was. He was good. Barry I mean, Larkin, all the right? all the all the major leaguers were good. <laughs> yeah, I think Barry I Larkin? usually preferred the regular characters. I mean, I used some of the MLB guys, but I think I uh, generally preferred the others. But uh, yeah, nice. Hey, do we have any copy to read for protagonist bring this week? Uh, no copy this week. Nope. No oh, copy. Man. No copy. Next week, we'll get them back in. Okay. 
Hmm. Let's, uh, sorry for the silence for those who are listening. I can't speak for Colin and Matt, but I'm still, I'm still looking at character names and thinking about, uh, other, other options for this, but, uh, maybe we should save that for next time. Yeah. I think, I think we've run our course. Let's say, yeah. let's say goodbye to the podcast. We, we have, we have a bunch more mailbag too. Is that, yeah, we, we have a bunch of questions. Yeah. We've, we've got at least two more, but we'll get to them oh, next okay. week. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Say goodbye. Bye. Adios. Grant Wall, inviting you to check out my award-winning season of American prodigy, Freddie Adu. I talk with teammates, coaches, and the man himself in hopes of understanding what happened to Freddie's soccer career and what we can learn from pinning our hopes on a 14-year-old kid. You can listen to it wherever you're listening to this podcast. Season one of American Prodigy, available now.